There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Today we're going to do part two of our series on the Messianic Psalms, and we're looking at the word vexed. We've been in Psalms in chapter 6, verse 2 and 3, where the Word of God, simply speaking of Jesus Christ, David prophesying here, it says, my bones are vexed. And then in verse 3, it says, his soul is vexed. And so to take a good look at that, I'd like to look at a couple other places in the Word of God. But the first place I want to look is in Samson, the life of Samson. And the Bible says this in Judges 16 and verse 16. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily. Now, again, we understand Delilah is is not a godly woman, but Delilah rather is out to destroy her own husband, Samson. And she presses him daily concerning these things and concerning his strength. And she wants to know the source of his great strength because they've offered her reward for it. And so she lays at her husband, and that term there, Uh, that I use is that she really pressed him daily. It's just continual. She's vexing him and uh, with her words and urged him. And the word of God says that his soul was vexed unto death. And you can imagine if your wife who is against you, she is for your enemies, and then daily just presses you and presses you and presses you and continually is seeking an answer from you and urging you to do that which is wrong. And it would vex your soul. The Word of God simply says here that his soul was vexed unto death. And so this is more than a picture, more than a type. This is the reality that Samson was the point of dying. And it became a failure in Samson's life because he told her then all his heart. And so because of that vexing, when it came to uh, the, the point of fainting, that's why if you faint in the day of adversity, that strength is small. And as strong as Samson was, yet he became weak. As strong and mighty a man as he was, he became weak. Why? The vexing of his soul. And so we see here that it is an instrument that Satan uses to uh, destroy. He uses to discourage. He uses to press people out of measure. And we see that it cost Samson his very life. And one of the sad stories of the Word of God, the life of Samson, one of God's choice servants. We see then in in 2 Samuel chapter 13, again, we see that same word is used. And the Word of God speaks of Amnon. He was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister. Now, the reason why is the Bible says that Amnon, the son of David, loved her. And again, might I say that vexing is one of the great destructions in many people's lives today. There are young people and, well, middle-aged people and older people alike that uh, they have a fair 
person in their life. In this case, it was his, what we would call a half-sister. It was his sister, the Word of God said. And she was very fair, and Amnon loved her. And it became so vexed that it began to show. It began to take an effect on him. Why? Because that vexing, even though it may affect your body, it might be a physical affliction. We've talked about the affliction of the soul. It affects your mental well-being. It affects your overall being. Well, this was shown on his countenance. Because, of course, he had a friend. His name was Jonadab, the son of Shimea, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very subtle man. And that's not a good compliment. In the day of adversity, here comes Jonadab, this subtle man. And by the way, there's three people distinctly the Bible says were subtle. One, in the garden, we know that Eve and Adam in the garden, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. He didn't announce his intentions. He had a plan, but he never announced what his intentions were. That's what subtlety, the root of subtlety is, is to do evil, to do wrong, but to, to, to sneak about it, to not be upfront about it, to be deceitful about it. And that's why he's the father of all lies. He is a liar, and it has been a liar from the beginning. And then we also see then that the woman of Proverbs 7, that woman dressed in the attire of a harlot, she's a subtle woman, subtle of heart. She lays for a young man. Again, never announces her intentions, never is upfront with him and honest with him, but rather she woos him under the cover of darkness to her home. She's subtle of heart. And then here's the third, and I, I believe probably one of the more interesting characters, the word of God says of him, but he was a subtle man and he is out to destroy his own cousin and he's going to destroy him because he sees the vexing on his soul. He sees the vexing upon his countenance and it's taking a toll on him. And he says, why art thou being the king's son lean from day to day? He's not waxing fat as the righteous do. No, but he's lean from day to day. And that's really the, probably the best description I can give. He is, he is not happy. Uh, he's, he's disconnected from people. He is lean. He's in his own world, if you will. And so he asks him that. And he says, wilt thou not tell me? And Amnon told him, said unto him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. And Jonadab said unto him, Lay thee down on thy bed, and make thyself sick. And when thy father cometh to see thee, say unto him, I pray thee, let my sister Tamar come, and give me meat, and dress the meat in my sight, that I may see it, and eat it at her hand. And so again, we see many young people, middle-aged people, older people alike, they become vexed in this matter of love. And the Bible said he loved his sister. He loved Tamar. And yet I've seen a lot of young people, especially that they they love someone, and it's such a vexing to them that they don't think clearly. They don't think through things. They don't think of the future. They don't think uh, of what is to come. And they just, in the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, lust of the eyes, whatever the case is, but they just go ahead and they follow up on that love. And, you know, a preacher many years ago, he said, puppy love is very real to the puppy. I've never discredited the puppy love since that day <laughs> because the puppy, it's very real to him. And they follow up on their love, and it's a vexing to them. And finally, it may be wrong. It may be uh, unequal yoked. It might be someone that cannot legally marry. It might be someone that spiritually they should never marry. It should be, might be someone that's not of the household of faith. And they're completely unequally yoked. But yet, because they put themselves in a position where they fall in love, they see that person from day to day. They become more vexed. They're lean. And so they act upon it. And here, Jonadab, his counselor, is there to tell him to do evil. And again, it cost Amnon his life. And it's amazing how that vexing, now we've seen two men vexed by a woman, 
one in maliciousness, the other one because of love, and yet it costs both of them their life. So we see this vaccine is an oppression. This vaccine is a pressing. This vaccine is an affliction. It reaches into the soul. It reaches into your very being. It reaches past your countenance and past your external and gets into the heart of the matter in your life. And again, we're looking at this word vexing. I'd like to look at another example of that. We're in 2 Kings chapter 4. And this is one of those more unusual places we see the vexing. But it's what the Word of God says. And it's something that I took great pause when I began to read this. And I'm going to read much of the story. But we know that the, the Shunammite woman has asked of the man of God to Elisha about having a son. And so he has said to her, I'll do what I can to help you. And she said, I'd like a, a man child. And he said, about the season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And verse 17 says, the woman conceived and bare a son at that season. that Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father, to the reapers. And he said unto his father, my head, my head. And he said to a lad, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. What a vexation. God has given her a man-child, and then God has taken away that same child. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. And when he had taken him, he brought him to his mother. He sat on her knees till noon, then died. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. And she called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses, that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, It shall be well. Then she sat on an ass and said to her servant, Drive and go forward, slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. So she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass when the man of God saw her afar off that he said to Gehazi, his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. And when she came to the man of God to the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to thrust her away. And the man of God said, Let her alone. For her soul is vexed within her, and the Lord hath hid it from me, and hath not told me. And so she then reveals the vexing of her soul. Her soul is vexed within her. The Lord hath hid it from me. The man of God didn't know why she was vexed. He didn't know what had taken place that vexed her. Again, we're talking about oppression. We're talking about affliction. We're talking about that thing that bodily can impact us, that thing that spiritually can impact us, that thing that, can I use the term, crushes us in life, the vexing. She said, did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? She begins to pour out her heart, begins to reveal what has vexed her. She sees the, the struggle within her soul, her own soul, because God has given her a man-child, but then God has taken away that man-child. And she's vexed by this, not understanding the will of God, not understanding that God wants to do a miracle. God wants to use the man of God. God wants to reveal himself to her. 
And the mother of the child complains in her affliction, complains in her grief, complains to the man of God in her sorrow. The mother of the child said, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul of, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff upon the face of the child. But there was neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore he went again to meet him and told him, saying, This child is not awaked. And when Elisha was coming to the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. He went in therefore and shut the door upon them twain and prayed unto the Lord. And he went up and lay upon the child and put his mouth upon his mouth his eyes upon his eyes, his hands upon his hands, and he stretched himself upon the child, and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Then he returned and walked in the house to and fro and went up and stretched himself upon him, and the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi and said, Call this Shunammite. So he called her, and when she was coming unto him, he said, Take up thy son. She went and fell at his feet and bowed herself to the ground and took up her son and went out. We see this vaccine is for God's purpose. We see in this case, this instance, God has given her the man-child according to the word of the man of God. God has given her the man-child according to the prophet Elisha. And then God has taken away that man-child from her. There's a woman that desired a man-child. And now she's vexed because her son has died. Life has left his body. She's vexed sore. How could God do this? You promised me this man child. How could this be that my child is now dead? Then God magnifies himself. God receives the glory for raising up her son through the man of God, through Elisha laying upon her son and breathing into his mouth. And God gives him the breath of life. All for God's purpose. The children of Israel went into bondage that God could deliver them. We see that Samson is down there fulfilling God's will. A woman lays at his feet, Delilah, and, and presses him sore and vexes him, and he misses God's will. And it crushes him, it destroys him, and he dies. We see in Amnon, again, a man who's missed God's will. Surely David would have given her to wife to him, but rather he takes her by force, and it cost him his life. And here we see the Shunammite woman, she's vexed in her soul, and yet God delivers her son from death, from the grave, brings him back to life, resurrects him. God is glorified in her life. We don't understand vexation when it happens. We understand vexation always in our own lives, yet vexation so many times comes to our soul that God can be glorified. And might I simply add this in closing today's session? When you're vexed in spirit, you're vexed in your soul, rather. God's trying to minister to the very inward being of who you are. Look for the voice of God. Listen to hear what God has to say, that God might be glorified in our lives. That's the end of today's broadcast. Thank you for tuning in. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. And he longs to return to the Lord As he cries for forgiveness and mercy God is waiting You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website 
or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing.